0: Welcome sports fans to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Dawn, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Dawn, or email them at the Dawn at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys.
1: Welcome to another episode of JT and the Don. I am The Don Donato Bucci. And please remember to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio app, and wherever you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And please remember to leave us a five-star review. We hope everyone is doing well and staying safe out there. And now let me bring in everyone's favorite JT, Jimmy Thompson. How are you feeling today?
0: I'm feeling good. We got a really good show today. A lot of stuff to get to. Yes, sir. I just want to echo your comments about everyone staying safe. We really do hope that everyone's doing fine and taking the proper precautions during this time. But, of course, we're going to talk about NFL free agency today as it's still going on. A lot. Before we even get into this, can we just say that has this been probably the most exciting NFL free agency period? Probably last decade you say
1: so i agree with you my only question is do we think that because there's no other live sports on right now
0: no i i feel like even last year with the live sports being on we're always into free agency and like i'm just remembering the show we did last year and i'm like this one seems like there's
1: just much more going on last year didn't have as many Big names, big names, and huge contracts, and big name trades. So I, I agree, I agree with you.
0: All right. So first, we're gonna start with something that we thought would never happen, but Tom Brady's exit from New England. So uh, at the time of this recording, he hasn't officially signed yet, but uh, reports are that Tom Brady has agreed in terms to a contract with the Tampa Bay Bucks. It's supposed to be somewhere around thirty million per year. The number of years are unknown at the time, but with that being said, we know he's going to end up in Tampa. Donato, how do you feel? Do you think this is a good move for Brady to go to Tampa? So, go ahead, and contra- be a hater Go ahead, and be a hater. <laughs> <laughs> just a just a dramatic pause. Let me know where you're going with this.
1: So, no, what I was thinking was, contrary to what JT always says, I admit when I'm wrong, and I want to give JT props to start off here because we did say in prior shows, other than New England, because we both thought he'd go back to New England, other than New England, where will he go? And I I said the Raiders in the past, and JT said the Bucs. And so I got to give it to you, JT. So round of applause for JT. Clearly, term-
0: Clearly somebody's been watching eight-mile – during the quarantine, but that was, that was a smooth move. You could tell you, you could tell you have attorney in your blood. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: Um, now in terms of, I think you asked if I like the move for Tom Brady. Is that Uh, correct? Yeah.
0: So let's, do you like the move for Brady? And do you like the move for
1: the Bucks? All right. So let me, let me get the bucks out of the way because yes, of course I like that move for the bucks. They were like 31st in home attendance percentage in 2019. So, oh, that's there was only change. That's definitely going to change. Yeah, there was only one team worse and they're already I think shutting it down in terms of hey, we're not offering any more season tickets right now because everyone called in. So, right there, you know you've won. Like you're winning at the box office, you're making more money. So, it's a huge hit regardless of what he does in the next 2 years because the other thing is you haven't been relevant since what? 2007 the last time you made the playoffs. So, even if you don't make it in the next two years with Brady, you've become relevant. Every Sunday, you will be mentioned on ESPN Sunday Countdown. And they're so, in a the
0: relevant division with other major name quarterbacks.
1: Exactly. Now, as far as Tom Brady, nah. I I don't like this decision
0: by him. You just him. don't like it because he's in the NFC. I just, come on.
1: How do you not like this move for Brady? Let me, let me start there with you, right? Let me start there with you. NFC South, you got to play Drew Brees and the Saints twice. I don't care what you say about the Falcons. They're not a, a pushover. You've got Matt Ryan. Oh, I don't,
0: I don't think they are. Remember, okay. they were my pick to win the division. It blew up in my face,
1: but I still think they're a good team. So you've got the Falcons now twice. You're not playing the Dolphins. No disrespect, JT. You're not playing the Dolphins twice. You're not playing the Jets twice anymore. You've now have to play the Saints twice, who are difficult, and you've got to play the Falcons twice. And on top of that, listen to these names, because you can say all you want about the Ravens and the Chiefs, Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. I'll give it to you, two of the top teams in the NFL. But then you look at the rest of the AFC, there's nothing, especially, and we'll get to this, now that D-Hop has left Houston, who, who's next? Who's the third best team in that in that conference? It actually might be the Bills or the Cleveland Browns. Let's look at the NFC. You've got not only the two quarterbacks and the two teams I mentioned in the NFC South, you now have Aaron Rodgers, the number two seed with the Packers. Don't forget my my dude, Russell Wilson, the Seahawks. They were six inches away from being having a bye week. So you've got them. Then you can't forget about, oh, the NFC champs. The San Francisco 49ers. And let's not forget about the Vikings, who are a very good team, especially defensively, and the Eagles, who, what, just two years ago, won the Super Bowl. So unlike what the Chiefs had to do, where they kind of got lucky not having to face the Patriots or Ravens, no, no, no. That does not happen in the NFC. Maybe you don't have to play the Saints, but guess what? You still got to go through the 49ers and Packers. And on top of that, the last thing, defensively, they were ranked... 15th last year in the NFL. New England was number one. What makes you think if you're Tom Brady that things are going to change defensively? Yes, you have some more weapons, but guess what? Who's your running back? Ronald Jones second? Nah, these play-action passes that worked in New England not gonna work just because you have Evans and Godwin. And the other thing that is concerning is, and they have a really good offensive line all right pro football focus has them ranked seventh from last year but their rushing game was 24th and now he's going to limit the number of interceptions thrown but this is a concerning thing for him are they giving him the keys to the playbook because Bruce Arians and this is the last stat I'll give you and then JT I know you want to get into this Bruce Arians the nine of the past 11 seasons he coached His team's ranked in the top three in nine of those 11 years in average air yards per attempt. He's a no-risk-it, no-biscuit guy. That's actually – I'm
0: glad you brought that up because I was going to wonder if you were going to mention that because I don't know when this was, but I remember we had a conversation a while ago about Bruce Arians, and – was it you that said when when he left as the OC of Pittsburgh, it kind of yes. extended Ben's career because yes. they didn't rely so much on that deep pass because Ben was basically getting killed because he had to wait that, for these deep routes to get that, open?
1: That came from ownership from what everything was told to the, to the fans, not just a Tomlin decision.
0: All right. So, so let's get...
1: No. And and the last thing, Brady in the Patriots, they ranked in the top 10 in average air yards per attempt once in those 11 seasons. So if I'm Brady, I'm looking around being like, you better have a good offensive line because if that's what you expect from me at 43, this might be painful these last two years as far as not just wins and losses. I don't know what's going to happen there, but just the toll his body's going to take.
0: Yeah, I can see I can see your point on both of those. I'm actually going to go reverse of how you took this. I want to get Tom Brady out of the way. And for him, yeah, I think it's a good move because kind of what you said, It's he's surrounded by the best weapons of his career. Also, it's safe to say as, as much negative stats as you pulled on Arians, I still like the guy. I think that this might be the best offensive mind that Brady's had during his career. So it's an upgrade all around for him. And – Don't forget about this. New England, cold as hell. Tampa, warm, year-round. I think the warm weather could give him an extra two years at that Brady level that we're used to. So I think this move also prolongs his career a little bit. And then also him and Breeze in the same division is great for the NFL. So all good for Brady. The Bucs, this is where I worry about it. So this, I'll say it's incomplete. First of all, their defense still isn't good. So... Unless they're planning to make more moves on defense, I can't say this is a win for Tampa. Yeah, it looks great on paper, but Brady can put up 30. If they can't stop anybody, it won't matter. Also, too, you mentioned a good point about Bruce Arian's system. One of the things I always heard about Jameis Winston and why the players didn't like him and guys like Deshaun Jackson were like, yo, come get me the hell out of here was the dude. (laughs) No, he was. He was like, come get me. I I remember. He was like, because what, what did Jameis Winston always do? He didn't throw it deep. He only threw it to the tight ends and the running backs. What is Brady known for doing? Throwing to the tight ends and the running backs. What is a quarterback in their 40s most likely to do? Throw it to the tight ends and throw it to the running backs. So I'm going to say this for the Bucs, specifically the offensive players, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Ronald Jones, all these fans. I know Tom Brady is great, but his game and where he goes with the football is very similar to Jameis Winston. So I hope you're going to be ready for the fact that not much might not, cha- much might not change with Brady and Winston except for he just might throw less interceptions. So it's still incomplete. I don't know what the Bucs are going to do. Apparently there's rumors that a bunch of NFL players have reached out in interest to get traded to Tampa or for Tampa to come sign them. So I'm pretty sure they're not done in free agency, but I'm not ready to call this a definite win for the Bucs.
1: Let me, let me add something that will actually help your point of why the Bucs maybe it's not a good thing for them. The off-target rate of Brady last year, his he declined so much that it was 21.7%. That was third worst in the NFL, JT. The only two guys worse than him, Jameis Winston and Josh Allen. So More of the same. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. That only bolsters your point as to maybe it wasn't a good move for the Bucs. I like the angle you took. I took it more from a PR perspective, but I, I agree with you there.
0: All right, one more thing before we move on from Brady. With this, should the NFL be scared of the Bucks?
1: No. They were 7-9 yeah. and nine last year. I know they lost a lot of close games. You can blame Jameis if you want. But should, they, should teams pay attention to them? Yes. Be scared? No. They still have no running game. And like you said, they still don't have a strong defense.
0: No, I agree. They just got rid of a guy who led the league in passing yards, and I think passing touchdowns. Now you're going to a guy who's old and you expect him to do that? Uh, can't be scared of you. Yeah.
1: That's kind of crazy to think Jameis Winston was the top passer in yardage last year and they and they don't they're not they don't want him back. <laughs> um, well, so one guy that a team definitely wants back at the quarterback position, your boy Ryan Tannehill with the Tennessee Titans. How does He's, this
0: happen? How does he sucker people into these deals?
1: <laughs> isn't this his second $100 million contract?
0: Absolutely. When you when you go back and you look at NFL history and you're like Who are the guys in NFL history to get two $100 million contracts? It's going to be Vic and Ryan Tannehill. That makes no sense.
1: And Eli, no?
0: Oh, yeah. Maybe Eli, yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, Tannehill signed a four-year deal, as you're mentioning, $118 million. 62 of it fully guaranteed, which means as soon as he signs, no matter what happens after, he's getting 62 throughout the rest of the contract. 91 in total guaranteed. So what that might mean, JT, is once he hits a certain uh, amount of time in the deal, then he's guaranteed an extra, like, 29 mil along the way. Any Meanwhile, Derrick Henry got the franchise tag, which is projected to be worth. Now, this is according to OverTheCap.com at 12.36 million. Other outlets are reporting it at, like, 10.2. So that's kind of a big difference. But anyway, between, between 10 to 12 mil. So, JT, were these... Two moves, the correct ones by the Titans.
0: Absolutely not. And I know how you feel about running backs and contracts. <laughs> and the fact that today Todd Gurley got released by the Rams, which we'll talk about, is only gonna prove your little point about how why running backs shouldn't get paid and why you should just tag him to death. But <laughs> this is this is so wrong that it just it's laughable to me that people are on the side of Ryan Tannehill of oh, you know, he was actually a really good quarterback during this stretch, and he led them to the AFC championship. And I'm like, dude, first of all, the AFC as a whole was down last year, and Derrick Henry was the reason that team went as far as it did. You know why they were successful? Because Ryan Tannehill turned around, hand the ball off to Derrick Henry, and Derrick Henry would run over teams for 200 yards a game. That's why they won. And me being a Dolphins fan – I've seen this before because we gave him 100 million dollars, like you said. And how'd that work up? Work out? Oh yeah, we traded him and he started the season as a backup. So this is a this is a bad move. I don't know so much about the Derrick Henry because if you can get a running back cheap, I guess that's always a good move from the team perspective. But you can't pay Ryan Tannehill this kind of money. It's irresponsible. Keep in mind, somewhere, Miko Grimes. If you get a hold of this tape, please <laughs> hear me. I am on your side. I am bringing up what you once said about Ryan Tannehill and the Dolphins, and it has remained true. Remember, this is the same guy almost two years ago, nobody wanted to come to Miami and sign because he was so bad. He was so bad in practice, people were picking him off to the point where the coaches were saying, hey, don't intercept the ball. Like, (laughs) this isn't that far removed. He was looking like he was going to be out of the league. This is a this is a guy that we labeled as a terrible quarterback. So he played nine games, at, handing the ball off thirty times a game. I'm supposed to think he's worth sixty two billion guaranteed and whatever you said about ninety one million guaranteed after bottle money and taxes, whatever that that clause that kicks in. No, there's no way they can do this. You're telling me he's as good as Kirk Cousins? Hell no. This this is bad. This is gonna set them back. They they were better off staying with Mariota or drafting somebody.
1: Yeah, so, add It sounds like you're almost coming around with my whole running back position, if, right?
0: No, <laughs> no. I, I'm. I'm. They. They can tag Henry if they're not going to give the money to Tannehill.
1: Like they can't do that. Well, so not only can you throw Gurley in there, but Devontae Freeman was cut. We know Le'Veon Bell didn't have a great year last year. This is just the way it is. Demarco Murray back in the day. I mean, when guys get 300, 330, 30 carries a season, that next year, it, it's tough. Their bodies never truly recover. So it's just now the value of the position or the, the value of the running back position. So I thought they made the right move with Henry, doing the franchise tag, seeing what he does again this year. You're
0: not know worried that sends the wrong message to the team, though. Like, that sends the- such a, that's such a bad optic. The guy who's been here with us, and everybody in the locker room knows that Derek Henry was the MVP of that team. Absolutely. They won all their games because yeah. of him. And now this Absolutely. guy came off the bench, rode the wave, and got paid more than anybody in the organization. That's a terrible look.
1: But but this is the way it is, JT. It's a business nowadays. So when, when we back the players and say, hey, go get your money, you got to look at it from the management p- point of view too to say, Listen, it's a business decision. If you were investing millions into someone, would you really want to give it to a running back who at any point, like Gurley or Freeman... You were okay when they
0: gave it to Zeke? Zeke did just fine. Derrick Henry, I've already been on record saying that he's not the normal running back as far as miles on the body. He hasn't had that many NFL carries. This is essentially his
1: first full season. I, I did not say that, though, about Zeke. I always said that they should have signed Dak before Zeke. Anyway, I agree with you on the Tannehill part that there's no way they should have signed him with that contract. If you want to pay him less, more like around $20 million a year, I'm with you there. If not, you let him walk. Because guess what you could have done with the $30 million per season over the next two? You could have signed Tom Brady. And so, like, is Tannehill your future guy? I don't think so. I don't see it. So why do four... Four years at thirty million each year. When you could have brought Brady in for the next two at thirty because million,
0: they, they fell for the trap. Exactly, and I, and I, so told, I, I told you this. I was like, Ryan yeah, Tannehill is going to get thirty million dollars on the open market. You, you didn't. I didn't believe it. And so
1: I'll give you props there again.
0: NFL owners are suckers for stretch runs by quarterbacks. Like if you show you can play quarterback for five to seven games consistently, they'll pay you for the next 10 years, no matter how that money gets to you.
1: Yeah. So I don't think that was a good use of their money. But with the Derrick Henry, I'm telling you, JT, that is the few, unless, and again, they didn't do it in the CBA, unless they would have gotten rid of the franchise tag in that new CBA. That is the future of what you're going to see with the great running backs. That don't go, that don't
0: go in the first round. You got if you don't make your money as a running back on that first round contract, you might not ever get it.
1: Yeah, or, or there's going to be a risk to it. You play one year, get a lot of money, but you could get injured. Yeah. Well, sticking with things that
0: we thought we'd never see happen, uh, wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins got traded from the Texans to the Cardinals. This came out of nowhere. So it did. yeah, I know I couldn't believe this. So the Texans traded D Hop and the fourth-round pick to the Cardinals. In return, they get your boy, David Johnson, a second-round pick this year, and a fourth-round pick next year. Who do you think won this deal? Because the players <laughs> is, is what everyone's going to look at, but there's some good draft capital in this, so who do you think won this trade? JT, is
1: that a serious question? Is that a serious question? It was the Cardinals by far. This is the way I break it down. You're exchanging fourth-round picks so, if you're a Dolphins fan, which you are, wouldn't you have traded your second-round pick this year No, and No, I would have
0: traded, traded Laramie Tunsil and Kenny Stills for two first-round picks. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would have done.
1: Okay, that proves the Texans, again, do not know what they're doing with these trades. Because you traded D-Hop, a top-three receiver in the league, maybe top-two or top-one, for DJ, who's had really only one good year and is injury-prone. And a second round pick. Not even a first. So the Texans still have no running game. Will Fuller's always hurt. And who's Deshaun Watson going to throw to? I don't even know who their tight end is. So this was a terrible trade. You got rid of any value your offense had for Deshaun Watson. And any sort of excitement for your fans. And you're in the AFC South. Which is a a winnable division. I just don't get what they did what they did here.
0: This was actually tougher than I thought. So I really, really was close to picking the Cardinals because I think the wild card here is DJ. And I think yes, he's older, but he we also seen him in two bad years in Arizona with two coaches that weren't that great. Like when he was with Bruce Arians. He was like an MVP candidate, and then he got Wilkes, and so then he got you, uh, he got Cliff Kingsbury last year. And so then he, you're he was,
1: you're putting Bill O'Brien in the same breath as Bruce Arians' offense.
0: No, I'm not. But here's what I'm saying: the second round pick is what stood out to me. But then I then I understood. Okay, they're just trying to get uh, some picks back because of all the picks they gave away to the Dolphins. Yeah, it's it's the Cardinals, and I couldn't believe they actually traded D Hop. Like he had a down year last year. You'll attest to this by fantasy. He didn't have his best year last year, but come on. Or the year before. Or the year before. So he's clearly getting older, but it's still D-Hop. He's still a top five guy at the position. Like, you just don't don't get rid of those kind of guys. And this just shows that Bill O'Brien is an idiot, man. Like, how do you make this deal? Any other player on the team you can get rid of, but you don't get rid of D-Hop, and you don't get rid of Watson. Like you said, who's Watson going to throw to? I would imagine his agent is trying to find a way to say, hey, how can I get my client the hell out of Houston? Because this just looks like rebuild mode to me. Like, this makes no
1: sense. Let me ask you this. Would you take that if you're if you're the Texans, would you make that exact same deal with the switching of the draft picks as well? Or would you have been more satisfied getting rid of D-hop and in return getting a first-round pick oh, if for the sure. Texans had there's, one there's this no, year? There's
0: no, way, there's no way I'm moving D-hop without a first and at least a fifth. There's no So way.
1: Ba- so basically you're saying then that the Cardinals you thought won the deal.
0: Yeah, I mean, to the Yeah, I think the Cardinals won the deal. But at first okay. I was like it's not as bad because I don't know where DJ is, but then I was like you know what, it's D-Hop, we know what okay. he is right now. And also, I think not only did Houston lose the trade, but I think they did a lot of damage to their team as far as their perception around the league. So we won't get into it. But apparently the reason this trade went down is because there was a rift between D-Hop and Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien thought D-Hop had too much influence over the locker room, even compared him to Aaron Hernandez in a meeting. All kind of crazy stuff. And he made a comment about, oh, his uh, he didn't like his baby mamas around, whatever. That just goes in line to what players have been saying in Houston for the past couple of years. Because you remember the owner, McNair, had that whole situation where he – made the comment about the players being inmates and they can't be in charge. And they kind of took flat for that t- sort of to the racist vibe. And then this comes out. I'm telling you this, these type of situations will make it tough for you to land big time free agents in the future. So I know they want to, ha- uh, you know, hook their wagons to bill O'Brien. He's dragging them down. He's made terrible decisions. They should have traded him for fifth round pick. They need to get rid of him.
1: (laughs) Uh, You think they could get a fifth-round pick for Bill O'Brien? They couldn't
0: get a compensatory pick for him.
1: (laughs) Oh, man, I like that, JT. Um, So let's stay in the Lone Star State with the Dallas Cowboys. Dak has been given the exclusive franchise tag, which basically means even under the franchise tag – no other team can come and negotiate with them so that exclusive franchise tag carries a value of about $33 million if it was not exclusive it would have been about i believe 28 million also the cowboys signed Amari Cooper to a 5 year deal worth $100 million with 40 million fully guaranteed with another 20 million uh guaranteed later so were those the right moves JT by the cowboys Yeah,
0: absolutely, because they're going to sign Dak for the one year to the contract annual value that they would have given him last year. Sorry, you were right. Dak played himself. This is exactly what you said would happen. He should have signed that big extension at the beginning of last last season. But, yeah, it's the right moves because they essentially keep that core intact, and now with Byron Jones not coming back, they got room to make more moves. So they get Amari locked up, he's clearly a beast receiver that they need. They get one more year and one more look at Dak to see, okay, can he take us to the next level? And then you already have Zeke locked up. So, yeah, this is the right move by the Cowboys. They found a way to make it work and keep all the offensive centerpieces together.
1: Yeah, so I still think this has all been a mess since the beginning, and now it appears that – Both sides kind of had meaning Dak and the Cowboys had something to do with it. Maybe the Cowboys could have given a little bit more guaranteed or maybe Dak should have taken the guaranteed money if it was 100 million or more. So it's tough to tell who's right or wrong at this point because initially I thought the Cowboys now it's like, man, I had Dak's back, but now I'm not so sure. Anyway, this is basically a band aid. For the one year. Yeah, but
0: you, yeah, but also, too, I feel like we can give a grade for this move by the Cowboys, but the grade is going to be short-lived because yeah. if they don't win it next year, then whenever Mahomes signs his extension and then if Dak has another great year, they're screwed.
1: Right. And unless, you know, even if they don't win a Super Bowl, unless Dak is amazing – they might they might let him walk because then they might say you're definitely not worth thirty five nah, or forty million. Top twelve quarterback really
0: can't let those guys walk.
1: <laughs> you don't like that though. Anyway, uh, maybe the Cowboys are lucky if he reports though. That's something to to keep in mind with Dak with uh, Amari Cooper. Yeah, you need at least that one passing weapon. Plus, you gave up a first round pick for him. You can't just now let him walk. So I thought that was the good the good move. You still have eighteen point six five million in cap space even after franchise tagging Dak and signing Amari to the big deal. Um they did have to let Byron Jones go and Robert Quinn, the free agency. But at some point someone had to walk and like you said. Oh man,
0: they they had to let Robert Quinn go? <laughs>
1: oh. He got a big contract though, JT. Suckers. So at least you keep the offensive weapons uh like you said, and maybe they can take a chance with getting some young guys in the uh in the draft defensively. Now, the interesting question that I have, put yourself in Amari Cooper's shoes, would you have taken the Washington offer of five years a hundred ten million, which was ten million more than the Dallas contract?
0: Is this a real question?
1: <laughs> I I just thought we'd throw it in there. <laughs> no.
0: Washington has no receivers. No quarterback, no offensive line, no running backs. They barely have a coach,
1: and they barely have an owner. He would have been miserable. (laughs) So I agree with all of that. Plus, win or lose, you're always in the spotlight because you're with the Dallas Cowboys. And then two, guess what Texas does not have, JT? State tax. State income tax. There you go. go. That's the money man. Hey, you could have
0: came to Miami for that because Florida doesn't have it either. All right. True. Sticking with quarterbacks. Uh, let's just go briefly through some of the quarterbacks who signed elsewhere. So Teddy Bridgewater signed with the Panthers. He got a three year, $63 million deal with $40 million guaranteed in the first two seasons. Shout out to Teddy getting your money. Uh, Nick Foles got traded from the Jags to the Bears for fourth round pick. He had three years left on. His deal and 21 million guaranteed, but the Jaguars are are absorbing about 18 million in dead money. I told you that was a bad contract when they gave J- it to him.
1: That's true. <laughs> J- good call there, JT. Real quick, talk about a a player betting on himself and making the right move and it working out. Props to Teddy Bridgewater, did not take the Dolphins' starting job, went back to the Saints, and now look at that contract.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. He definitely made the right move. And then also, uh, Phillip Rivers moves from the Chargers to the Colts on a one-year deal for $25 million. All right, so obviously a lot of quarterbacks are changing places. Out of those,
1: which one do you like and which one do you dislike? All right, real quick, I'm going to go to the one I do not like, and that is the Colts signing Phillip Rivers even though it's a one-year deal, $25 million, big cap hit, but more so, not only is it too much, he declined, JT, in my opinion, and that stunts the growth of Brissette if you think going forward Brissette is your guy. So, like, do they really think Phillip Rivers in one year puts them over the top and into the playoffs, into the AOC title game? Like, I just don't see it. I don't see it. And I disagree. One- I
0: disagree with you on that one. I might as well jump into that. I'm, I'm okay, like, yeah, I'm going to let you go to your dislike. I like the Rivers move because one, it's a good team, good organization, and Melvin Gordon already said this way before the offseason even started. They were like, "Look, if Rivers doesn't come back to the Chargers, he's going to go to the Colts. Why? Because that playbook and that system he's already played in it before. So I think that's I think that team is. Ta- you already said the AFC is weak. That division is winnable. Houston just got worse. Jacksonville clearly is getting worse. They made some moves too. I think it's a good. I think it's a good move for Philip Rivers to go there. And I think he'll be an upgrade on um, what's his name? Uh, Jacoby Brissett. Not going to be Andrew Luck, but he's going to be good enough to get them to win that
1: division. But JT, that is a great move for Philip Rivers. You get to play indoors. You get to play in the AFC South and twenty-five million to go swing – and to guess swing what the guess ball what,
0: but guess what? One thing you're not mentioning. One thing that he's got in Indy that he doesn't have he didn't have with the Chargers, he's got a good O line, man. I'm telling you, okay, an O line can revitalize him.
1: But again, that is a great move for Phillip Rivers. I'm talking about the one I don't like is the Colts doing that. What benefit does that really bring them? He's declining. What That is my whole point. If this was Phillip uh, Rivers of we'll, five years ago. We'll, we'll see how on. much he's declining on this team. Uh, how could you not see it last year? He had Eculer and Gordon, and he had offensive receivers. Like, and what, Hunter Henry, am I not correct?
0: Eh, we'll see. Sometimes you need a change of scenery.
1: So, if, if I have to pick one, I know that's the one that you like. If I had to pick one of these that I like, I guess it would be Foles- for the Bears because they need to win now I would have liked Cam at the Bears way more but they have a running back by committee system they've got the defense and that's why they need to win now they have big target receivers and an offensive minded coach similar playbook to the Eagles does that sound familiar yes sounds like the Eagles when he won the Super Bowl so they only He only has three years left on it, and they can let Mitch walk after this season by not picking up that fifth-year option, and at least they have a starting quarterback for this year and next year, and they probably can cut Foles after that if they don't win. Because by then, as shout-out to our guy Dave at Bad Medicine Podcast, with this defense, they probably only have until up and through the 2021 season, and that's where Foles will get you to.
0: See, this is why I like doing the show with you because I totally disagree with you. I think... That's the move that I hate because Foles has already proven he's not the guy, and I know Mitch Trubisky isn't great, but he's not terrible either. And this is one of those situations where,
1: since we need court, he's, to record, he, he's shown to,
0: he. I'm not saying I'm not tape. I'm not saying he's amazing, but he's shown flashes he can be a decent starter. I'm gonna say this again, and Foles isn't gonna make this any better. The problem in Chicago, the real problem. Isn't necessarily the quarterback. It's the damn coach. It's Matt Nagy. Everybody yeah, just you,
1: keep. You have been saying that a while. Everybody... And I don't disagree. I don't disagree with you. Though.
0: Everybody keeps saying he's this offensive genius because he coached under Andy Reid. Have the Bears looked like the Chiefs at any point? No. I'm telling you, he is Josh McDaniels when he left New England and went to Denver. Trust me.
1: All, all I'm saying is, Foles g- makes the Bears. A little bit better than Mitch. Though.
0: I'm not so sure he does because the one thing that we'll Mitch see. can we'll the one see. thing that Mitch can do that you we know for sure Foles can't is Mitch can extend the play
1: and go get his own. Foles but can't do that. Wouldn't you rather have a quarterback that knows what he's doing, knows what he's reading, and can get the ball to the proper guy?
0: If my offensive system sucks, I'd rather have a quarterback <laughs> that can run, not one that when you touch him, he breaks his collarbone.
1: Well, Bears fans, there you have it. There are there is no hope for you guys.
0: No, there's not, because they don't even have a kicker. That's the point. All right, so you brought up Cam. That's a good point. So now that he's not going to the Bears, and obviously he's not going to stay in Carolina because Teddy got his money,
1: what do you think happens to him now? Man, I JT, I really do not know. I This is crazy. Just five years ago, this guy. MVP. MVP. And now he's not even wanted anymore. <laughs> Not Speaking not of even, that, do you
0: do you agree with? Did you hear what Colin Coward said on his show this week? I think I missed it. He's <laughs> so disrespectful. He goes, "Cam Newton is an average quarterback who had one great year." Wow. Like, is that what's going on right now?
1: I, I wouldn't go that far. No, I, I don't think teams see it that way. I think they're worried more about his injury history. I would say, if I had to pick a team, maybe I'll throw the Patriots in there. But if I had to pick one team, I would guess. I would bet on the skins because they have the cap space, and they only have Dwayne Haskins on the quarterback depth chart, and so then they, Scott so they have, Turner. So have no
0: quarterbacks on the depth chart.
1: Oh. <laughs> Ooh, hey, JT said that. Not, not me. Not me. And Scott Turner's the OC with the skins, and he was Cam's QB coach in Carolina. So that's why, if I had to bet on one place, I would say the skins. But I really have no idea, JT. You. Can I shoot you a wild card? Go ahead.
0: I can see him going to the Patriots. Okay. That I, I can, had
1: they would have been my second team, but I why do you think that though?
0: Because I really want I really want to say I was seeing him go to the Raiders, but that was contingent on Derek Carr getting out of town and going to the Bears, but that's not gonna happen. And, and I'm now like with
1: Mariota there. Yeah.
0: Right? And I'm like, who where can he go? It's a short term fix with a coach that can just revitalize him. Bill Belichick, man, I I can see him doing wonders with Cam in that system. And I've never really seen Bill with somebody who's got that arm talent, but is also mobile. Like Bill loves to run the ball, and he can build the offense around a healthy Cam. It'd be really interesting. And you said the AFC East is always terrible. It's not like he has to light the world on fire; they just have to not lose games. Right. Definitely think that's a way. That's a place he's he going to have
1: a top five defense, probably at least next year.
0: Yeah. I think that it's very similar to the situation he had in Carolina when he won his MVP. Watch out for the Patriots.
1: Okay, I like it. So let's talk about your Miami Dolphins, JT. Byron Jones was made the highest paid cornerback in the league by the Dolphins at five years for $82.5 million with $57 million fully guaranteed. Do you like this move by the Dolphins?
0: You're a stat guy. Can you look up something for me? I, you're supposed to have these numbers ready.
1: You I didn't wanna, tell me. Dude, I want to know. Do this on the spot. I want to
0: know if there's a stat out there for teams <laughs> that have that have spent the most in high contracts on a specific position. Because if so, the Dolphins got the record at cornerback. We just <laughs> already signed a guy to the highest deal at the time for cornerback, Xavier Howard, and he's still on the team. I don't get this. But do I like this move? Not really. Uh, I would, I've never really been a Byron Jones guy. Cause he never really set the world on fire in Dallas. I mean, he's an athlete, but I mean, eh, for this amount of money, I'm not sure. And I, I'm at no point ever did I ever think he was a top six cornerback in the league. So if you're not in that category, I can't pay you this kind of money. And I'm not so sure that the dolphins didn't just make this move because this just tells me that they're trying to move on from Xavier and Howard. They already paid him a lot of money. He's already getting in trouble off the field, and they didn't want to sign Howard the first time because he had long-term injury concerns. They were worried about his knees. I just think this is a replacement until we can get somebody to take the the Howard contract
1: or we just outright cut him. Well, this is not just a replacement, JT, because you don't throw this type of money for a replacement. I don't like this deal at all because – if if everything is true, what you're saying, it's just bad money being thrown after bad money. Then, you've got Xavier Howard signed. Well, hold 15, on, you, you make good point. He just signed. He signed the deal last year for 15 million a year.
0: Can I can I make can I play devil's advocate on this? So, yeah. that's my what the the opinion I just gave you. Now, this is how I feel today. You want to know how I felt when he signed this deal? This is how I felt, and I don't know which one is true. I felt that you know what. I don't really care too much for the signing, but if the Dolphins, everything they tell you that they're doing is we're going to copy what's being done in New England. And this is something that New England would do. Guess what? We're going to build through the defense and it's going to be built from the secondary on down. So if you got two elite cornerbacks, it, that's what New England would do. So we're okay. going to be able to cover everybody but, and then we just get guys to rush the pasture.
1: But but let me let me say this. They usually do it, JT, through the draft, and they never overpay. I'm going to tell you why they overpaid for Byron Jones in a second. But here, you've already got Xavier Howard. If you're already talking about they're unhappy with him, with the the off-the-field stuff, that doesn't sound like the Patriots. And then on top of that, Byron Jones, when he was with Dallas, he had a strong defense. And I think that benefited Jones. That front seven benefited him. And... What is the number one job of the great corners, the Rod Woodson's, the Deion Sanders, the Mel Blunt's? What were they awesome at, better than anybody else, JT? Taking that number one guy out of the game. True, but on top of that. Oh, that wasn't the
0: answer? My bad.
1: (laughs) Well, it, it is. It is. But then what put them over the top on everybody else is the fact that they get interceptions and they can take it to the house, right? Let me ask you this. How many interceptions did he have in his Pro Bowl year in 2018, Byron Jones? Probably five. He had none. How many do you think he's had in his five-year career? Probably five. Two. So right there, that tells me you're overpaying. The Dolphins once had a great combo at corner. Patrick Sertain. Madison is certain. And Sam Madison. What did that get them? Nothing. Because they didn't have a running game and they didn't have enough weapons for Marino at the time. Here, you've got your defensive coach, right? So go get some offense. You could have afforded Tom Brady. How about some offensive linemen? I'll throw out Austin Hooper again. Go trade for D-Hop. You had the draft capital. Like, what are you doing Paying this guy a second corner who he's not a game changer. He's not Dion. He's not Rod Woodson. He's not Champ Bailey.
0: Well, here's the thing. I agree with what you're saying, but if that's the case, then this just proves my point. They're tanking for Trevor Lawrence. I'm telling you. But, we're, but JT. We're, we're, you can't I don't I don't, have... I don't I don't I don't agree. I don't agree with this move, but this is a tank move. We want to improve our team, but we don't want to improve it to the point where we win games.
1: But JT. That's fine if you want to tank and you can give the the image that you're trying to improve your team. But when you throw this much money out, guess what ends up happening? When you've got Trevor Lawrence and a couple good rookies, when they're ready to get their payday and you think you're ready to make your run, you've got all this money tied up in these corners. You cut them. Yeah, it's I, I dead cat I, money.
0: Yeah, I, I understand. I agree with you on that point. I don't like the deal, but I'm just trying to – I'm just really trying to guess what the hell are my Dolphins doing? What's the plan? (laughs) You got us all confused. Like, just don't make us look stupid than we already are. Um, So sticking with uh, contracts that really came out of nowhere, uh, the 49ers traded their star defensive tackle DeForest Buckner to the Colts. Uh, In return, they got a first-round pick, uh, which I think is number 13 overall. Uh, The Colts, in turn... They signed him to a four-year, $84 million deal with just under $40 million guaranteed, which I think makes him, is that the most guaranteed for like a D-tackle or something like that?
1: Uh, well, I think he's right below per year average of uh, Aaron Donald. Okay, so he got paid. Yes, <laughs> big
0: time. Which team do you like? The move for better the Colts getting Buckner or the Niners getting that first round draft pick you know what I'm gonna say right what? you're already the, what?
1: the 40 the 49ers this allowed what? them This what? allowed them you're the
0: same guy that just gave that you've been harping on oh man the defense has that window you know you gotta win while those guys are there you
1: can't win if you trade the guy away but let me explain why you're not allowing me to explain it allowed them to sign Eric Armstead. JT, they could not afford both guys on the defensive line at this time. It allows them to have signed Eric Armstead for six years at $102 million, which is $4 million less per year than Buckner is getting. All right. And Armstead can play both the end and the tackle. He's going to have to play more tackle now that Buckner's gone, but he is more versatile than Buckner was, right? Because Buckner is a tackle. And I'm not sure the value is worth it for the Colts. You're giving up the number 13th overall pick. This isn't the 23rd or the 25th. Number 13. The 49ers still have Bosa. They've got DJ Jones, who's underrated on the defensive line. They've got Armstead and still D Ford, who's now going to have a bigger role. So trading Buckner freed up $12 million in the in cap space, and it allowed them to already sign free safety Jimmy Ward. Plus you have... Now a first rounder in return, they could have lost Buckner for nothing, JT. Now they get that first rounder back, and it stills a lot. If this allows them now to sign eventually, George Kittle in the future, and some of the younger guys that come up.
0: Shout out to Jimmy Ward. Side note, uh, he's liked and commented on a few of our posts in the past. Hope he listens to the show eventually. But shout out to him. Um, I guess I never – I didn't think about it and that congrats, way.
1: And congrats on the on the new contract.
0: Yeah, congrats on the new contract. Come on, JT and Adon, and talk about it. We'll give you the mic. Um, I don't really know how I feel about this. I do agree with you. The 13th overall is – that's a lot to give up, especially in this draft where I think it's going to be a lot of good players available at that spot. But, I mean, their defense is pretty good, and adding somebody like Buckner – just shows they're in win-now mode. They're all in on rivers. They're probably going to build through the draft with some more weapons. They got a good team, but it's hard to give up that that uh, that uh draft capital. I'm actually not liking this move for the Niners. I get what you're saying as far as they couldn't pay both. But you always, like I said, you always tell me these defenses, whether it's the Niners, the Bears, uh, the Broncos, they have that short window where, look, we got to get it done because – What's going to happen is guys are going to get old or hurt or free agency is going to tear them apart. And I feel like this just shows me that, and I could be wrong. The Niners know that windows closed and they're no longer in win-now mode because they did two things this off that showed me that one was this and then they didn't go after Tom Brady. So that just shows me that they're comfortable where they're at and. If they don't win a Super Bowl next year or get back, it's not going to be the end of the world for that staff.
1: Well, two things for that. Part of it would be the staff feels comfortable that they can plan long-term and not get fired. Somebody's going to get an
0: extension, yeah. Because I feel like they were kind of playing for their jobs last year. Well, at least John Lynch was. And now it's just like, you know what? We got to the Super Bowl. They're going to extend us. Now we can do what we want.
1: Right. But two, I'm not so sure they're just saying, oh, we're, you know, the window's closed. All I'm saying is, JT, they would not have been able to. Their window would have been closed after this next year if they don't make that move because now they free up money in order to sign some of those other guys that I mentioned. If they just sign Armstead and Buckner right away, they're going to lose a lot of those offensive weapons, the offensive line and maybe Kittle, right, and some of the other defensive guys like when Bosa comes up to be re-signed. So... I think by doing this, they actually still have a bigger window, and they're still in the win now mode. Uh, that's just that's just my opinion. Um Kirk Cousins got a an extension with the Vikings. Two years worth 66 million, another 61 million guaranteed at signing JT. So he
0: did it again. Damn. Yep.
1: So, he's got three years left in Minnesota since he's already played out two of the, the three years on his initial contract with them. Three more years at $96 million. Was this a good move by the Vikings? Because we know it was for Kirk. What about the Vikings? Yeah, because, I mean, as much as we bash Kirk Cousins, he
0: did have a career year last year. And, like, at one stretch, he was looking like people were saying, hey, he should be getting some MVP votes. So, he did play well last season. I um, will say this. I'm basing my answer on this is what I heard, and I don't know if this is true. This is a good move for the Vikings if the rumor was true that Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers had already kind of put it out there through the through the league circles that they were interested in going after Kirk Cousins next year, and they were willing to throw the wagon at him. So, if that is true, and the 49ers are going to try to get Cousins next off season, then great move by the Vikings going ahead and just getting that out of the way.
1: Yeah, I like it because it's what you've been saying, right? This is basically the going rate for that good type of QB, and they need to ride with him now. So they have a running game with Delvin Cook. They've got that defense. You got to take your shot with Cousins instead of trying to start over with someone else. Um I'm going to guess your answer here. I'll ask it anyway. This was a good move by Cousins, right?
0: Not necessarily.
1: Ooh, okay. mm. Throw throw me for a curve.
0: I mean, I guess the the good thing is, like you said, it could be a Dak-Prescott situation. The money's on the table. Take it. You already know your situation. But, hey, you play good again, you hit the free agent market next year, Uh, not only do you have your pick of going to maybe a better team with a better offensive situation, now you're going to get paid more. If I were Kirk, he's not hurting for money, I would have played out probably one more year to see where I can end up because I'm not sure staying in Minnesota is the best thing for his career, especially since they shipped Digs out to Buffalo. So uh, can't fault him for taking the money, but uh, he should have waited one more season.
1: I mean, I think it was a good move because ninety-six million over the next three years alone, and most of it's guaranteed. Oh, the JT, oh, the oh, the money—the money is is ridiculous. Well, but you got to factor in everything because you're right. What about could he have gone somewhere else? And he's got a good team there, though. So, like, hey, after these three years, he could still—he's young enough to where he still could go to another team. Right now, the Vikings are in contention for the playoffs year in year out. So I I like that. Plus, think about this, JT. After these three years are up he will have made 196 a little over 196 million in his nfl career after these three years how stupid does washington look for
0: franchise tagging him because we don't know if he's the guy
1: <laughs> well some people in the skins organization and fans still may not think he's the guy but
0: yeah i don't think they'd be in there. a better all, all those guys are fired probably <laughs>
1: Well, Jadavian Clowney, uh, he's Your a free boy. agent. Your boy, he's a he, he's he's a really good player. He's a free agent. Hold on,
0: time out. The fact that he just prefaced it by saying his response was he's a really good player just <laughs> lets you know how Donato feels about Jadavian Clowney.
1: <laughs> well, he has not found the market that he had hoped for, uh, according to ESPN's Diana Rossini. He is asking for twenty million dollars per year supposedly, obviously has not received that sort of offer or anything really that close to it. So, just in general, JT, what's your reaction to the lack of a big market form? Are you surprised by it?
0: You really want me to answer this question? Yes, let's go. (laughs) No, I'm not surprised. And this goes back to what I told you before. Look, man, guys that don't get double-digit sacks in the NFL don't get paid. And I, we had this whole argument before when he got traded from the Texans to the Seahawks. And you were like, how could you let him go? He's, You know, you gave me all the, the pro football focus, DOV stats with tackles for loss and all the snaps played. But guess what? His best season was nine and a half sacks. They traded him to Seattle. Great defensive culture. Did he get double digit sacks last year? No. And this all goes back to also what I was saying. The guy went number one overall. Houston saw him the entire time he was there next to J.J. Watt not lead the team to double-digit sacks. And I just want to go over a few stats really quick, and then I'll let you go. So he's not getting double digits. He's a former number one overall pick. I'm just going to name, show you the stats of some other guys who are being considered in his same class by draft status and by production. And you tell me if he's on these guys' level. Miles Garrett, uh, number one overall in 2017. He's only been in the league three years. He's got double-digit sacks two of the three seasons. He had 13 and a half last year, and he missed, what, the last four or five games because of the incident with the Steelers? Cool. Uh, Mario Williams, another guy the Texans took number one overall in 2006. He played 11 seasons. Five seasons with double-digit sacks. Two more with eight and a half, which would be a personal best for Clowney. Vaughn Miller went number two, nine seasons in the league, seven with double-digit sacks. He had another season with eight, and his lowest was one season with five because he just played nine games. Khalil Mack, your boy, number five overall, been in the league for six years. Four of those six years, double-digit sacks. One season with eight and a half. The only season he had less than eight and a half was his rookie year with four. And the guy who plays across from him, J.J. Watt, who wasn't even taken in the top five, in the league nine years, Five of those with double-digit sacks, three Defensive Player of the Year awards, and also he's missed a couple full seasons with injury. He isn't in those guys' class, and the Texans knew it, and that's why they traded him to Seattle. He's been overhyped ever since he came out of high school, and he got even more overhyped once he knocked that kid's helmet off in the bowl game. And this is just all that hype not materializing and coming to fruition that he is not the
1: guy you think he is. So we just talked about the Forrest Buckner he got over, he's getting about 21 million per year, JT. How many sacks did he have last year? Do you know? Different player. All, different player. Do, doesn't matter. He's seven not, and but, a half sacks. But, please, but
0: no, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I know where you're going with that, and you're right. But totally different players. Clowney is an edge guy. And when NFL owners are looking at edge guys, they're looking at sacks. Buckner can play on the edge. But he is an interior guy that has that flexibility. So the fact that he got, what, eight and a half sacks, that's amazing from the interior. Se-
1: he got seven Se- and a half, but is he as disruptive as Aaron Donald is? I mean, nobody is. Come on. Isn't okay. There- so why is he getting only one million less than Donald? What it comes down to, and you bring up a great point with all that stuff. I'm not surprised either. But – This is the reason why I think this is the only reason right now is because the NFL loves the hype, JT. Like, they almost throw the stats out the window sometimes. They just love the hype. Only only with the quarterback. Only with
0: quarterbacks they do that. They
1: love the potential. They love the potential, right? It's his injury history. Last year, he played through the dreaded core muscle injury. In that, in that is why he's not getting signed, right? And especially with the, the coronavirus pandemic right now, it's difficult to get players and doctors, the team doctors, in the same room. And that's why no one's going to throw $20 million out there when they don't know about his core muscle injury, when the Seahawks, and, and we always say it, how come the team he's with is not giving out this money? Because, because they you, know
0: he's not worth it. It has nothing to do. It's not. I think the injuries play a part of it. Why
1: can't you just admit Clowney is not who you think he is? But it's the other part is 20 million is a lot. It is a lot. But it's not and a lot if the guy is producing. He hasn't well, had double success as an I don't even, player. I don't even think Buckner is worth the 21 million. I don't even know if the Armstead is worth 17 million. But but the big thing with Clowney is the injuries. I can maybe budge a little bit on some of the stuff you're saying. That maybe he's not worth 20 mil, but the big thing still, as far as there's no market though, JT, is his injury history. No one wants to take that risk. If he was healthy, I'm calling I'm calling
0: BS on that. And I feel like we 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 got into a heated argument about this before. The, you're telling me the NFL that outside of the quarterback position, guys who can sack the quarterback, that's what people are looking for the most. The guy can't do it, which is why nobody's going to give him $20 million a year. It's as simple as that. I think a lot of it's the injury history, though. I think a lot of it is he can't get any sex. So sticking with something that I was surprised about, how is this guy still playing? Uh, Jason went in, signed with the Raiders, uh, a one-year, $4.75 million deal. So he won't be going back to TV next year. He'll be playing. Uh, how do you feel about that signing?
1: Uh, I mean, Jason Witten. I think he just—it's it, tough because I should always he, should.
0: Should he retired? Is that that? I guess that's what the real question
1: is. So, yes, he should. And I always say this: that I'm all about the players playing until the wheels fall off because you can never get it back. Right? You got to leave with no regrets. But at some point, JT—he's killing his body for sure. Like, is it worth and it? And he's at this killing point? our brain cells when he's on TV. Doing commentating. Nah, so come, come on. Is he worth it? Like, is it worth it? Like, he could be in the booth?
0: No, he cannot be in the booth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, he's going to be problem. in the booth at some point, whether you like it or not. Oh, someone's going to oh, hire
0: you, Oh, you want to make a bet about that? I guarantee he will not get another analyst job calling the games. If, listen, he, if he does, whether, it'll be something like the SEC Network where, like, they'll listen, bury him it, down in but, the Vanderbilt game.
1: There's so many of those games – or he'll just be an analyst in the studio. Like I, I just think it's time for him to move on. Like if he was truly helping a team, I'd say yes, that's fine. But at this point, they're just they're bringing him on because of his name.
0: At this point. Well, I was confused. Do they still have Jared Cook or not? I mean, not Cook. Who was their tight end last year?
1: Oh my my dude, uh, Darren Waller.
0: Yeah, Darren Waller. Yeah, they just signed him to a they big deal. They just signed him. Yeah. Yeah, he's a beast. I don't I don't get this move at all like I don't I'm not saying he should retire but the Raiders definitely shouldn't assign signed him. um hopefully he doesn't return to broadcasting but look he's made enough money in his career like you said he could just roll on into the sunset
1: so there have been some other trades jT um real quick one that we didn't really talk about is Darius Slay traded to the Eagles for a third and a fifth round pick. And then on top of that, the Eagles signed him to a three year deal worth 50 million with 30 million guaranteed. Good move by the Eagles.
0: Yes, because anything that gets Jalen Mills less snaps for the in the Eagles secondary is a good move. But I will say this, because they signed him to an extension too, right? Yes. Yeah, so like what three years, fifty mil, something like that.
1: Right, three years, fifty million. Were you not listening to me?
0: Yeah, yeah I'm, I was just because no, because this <laughs> it's thought. All right. Go this, ahead. No, Go. I'm this, just kidding. While you were saying, while you were doing that, this thought popped into my head just now, and it's weird because I know some people that are Eagles fans, and they have they're not they're happy that they got them, but they're not as overjoyed as I thought they would be, and I think the reason is. You remember a situation like this has happened before with the Eagles when they went and got a guy who was a hot cornerback on the market. Everybody thought he was going to be good, and he got the Philly, and he was a disaster. And all I got to say is, Darius Slay, I like him as a player, and he might ball out in Philly. But there's something to be said of going to get good players on sorry teams when we don't really watch them. So I don't know how much the Eagles uh, uh I guess the Eagles didn't have to give up much to get him but they did have to sign him to that deal I just don't know if he's really as good as the money would say because he played in Detroit and they're all terrible so uh we'll see how it goes
1: yeah, so the guy you're referring to came from the Raiders to the Eagles in free agency. And they paid him a boatload but, of money. But that was more of a scheme thing. He was a man-to-man, if I'm not mistaken. He was more of a man-to-man cover guy. When he got the Philly, you know, they were running that zone blitz stuff. They put him in the zone, and he was not the same. So I like this move by the Eagles. You're not giving up much, a third and a fifth for yeah, that's a proven. The part I like.
0: that's the part I like. They didn't give up much.
1: Right, and that's what I'm saying you know, they got a proven corner. You know he's got at least two years left in him. And, you know, they they do need some help in in, in that secondary. So, I like the move by them. Um, another move, this was not a trade, but Todd Gurley was released by the Rams. Just your reaction in general to that, JT. I
0: knew you were going to be happy about this because this just – No, spit, no, listen. Now, I'm this, not this happy about – This spins your whole narrative about running back. Because, hold I'm on. Not, all, all seriousness, I know I know I know you're not happy to see anybody get cut but all seriousness um my reaction to this is uh, I want to give you some props because you called this when he signed it you said this will be the worst contract in football and it turned out to be the worst contract in football and I think they left something behind like 25 million dollars in dead cap space with this 20.15 20.1
1: million.
0: 20.1 million for somebody to leave that much dead money on the table means something's really wrong with you. And it's not a quarterback. So Yeah, I, I don't Gurley's looked washed, even though the Rams aren't what they were a couple years ago, but I think this is the right move by them. It's time for them. They're in rebuild mode. They gotta start over.
1: Yeah, listen, I never like to see anyone cut. I like Todd Gurley. I think he's a good player, seems like a good dude. Um my reaction is just that this is why they should not have signed him to an extension, JT, with two years left on his rookie deal. You don't do that for a running back. He had two years left. He was like barely – he's barely into this contract.
0: Yeah, I think it was just what, 2017?
1: It was two years ago. No, 2018. 2018, yeah. Yeah, like this – around this time period of two years ago in 2018 when he still had two years left on his rookie deal they could have had him play out the last two years and guess what they could be doing to him right now tagging him exactly and you know what they probably wouldn't even have needed to because they would have saw that his health is not where they need it to be so why would they spend between 10 to 12 on the franchise tag when they could let him walk hey Go see what you can get in free agency. Come back whenever you need your four or five million to be our, you know, first and second ra- uh first and second down running back. This is why I said this deal will hurt the Steelers because I still believe You mean the that Rams? With- no, 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 no. The Steelers. Because I believe had the Rams not done this deal, Le'Veon Bell would still be in Pittsburgh.
0: That wouldn't have been a bad thing for you guys, though. He, he can still play. I-
1: Exactly. That's what I'm saying. This is why this deal hurt the Steelers because Bell would be in Pittsburgh. He'd be another weapon, and he'd still be pretty good. Probably better than he was with the Jets this past season.
0: Uh, so uh, I, I don't I just, know. We'll, we'll 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 see what happens. I definitely think he's his health is shot, but also I'm not so you know me I'm not so high on McVeigh as everybody once was. Right, so we'll see right. how that goes. Right. Congratulations! You got the next six years of Jared Goff and no running game. So let's just kind of briefly uh, summarize free agency. I want to get some opinions from you. Uh, Who was or some of your best signings
1: that we didn't talk about? Okay, that we didn't talk about. I really like for the – this is tough to say, but I really like this for the Bills, JT. I like them getting Stephon You like
0: that? I think that's a waste of a a weapon because, I don't know, Josh Allen's not that guy that could consistently hit receiver
1: and use him but this is this is the thing until you get a premier guy like this you really never know you never know I'll I'll tell you this as a Steeler fan Cordell Stewart's first year as a full-time starter he had a guy by the name of Yancey Thigpen I don't know if you remember him oh yeah of course I remember him he Thigpen was a pro bowler ended up leaving after that season in free agency got big money from the Titans back for for those times that year with pen. Cordell was a pro bowler, got us to the number one seed or number two seed in the AFC to a home AFC championship game. What happened after that? We missed the playoffs three straight years after Yancey left. So this might be the guy to help Josh Allen get some confidence, get some big plays down the field, kind of that security blanket. Now they did have to give up a first rounder, a fifth and sixth this year, and then a fourth next year. But listen, you have, I always say this, you have the defense now, it doesn't last forever. You got to get going on the offense, and I, I think that's what they're doing here. And then real quick, uh, I hate saying this, the Ravens, Michael Brockers, three years, 30 million. That was a athletic, good
0: move, I like that one.
1: Another athletic defensive lineman, uh, I mean, uh, I hate saying it, but I, I I think that was one of the other uh, best signings along with the Diggs trade.
0: Um, I'm going to stay in Baltimore. I like the trade that they made for Calais Campbell. They, <laughs> that was a sick move. That guy is still balling at a pro bowl level. Uh for for him to be added to that defense with they kept Judon uh and those other guys. I think this only helps Lamar Jackson and that team get better and I think that this kind of ensures that they'll win the division again. Um I like that one and I know we already talked about Slay, Hopkins, and Cousins. Um, I would say I also like the fact that, hey, they found a way, the Cowboys found a way to make it work and tag Dak. I think that was a that was like kind of like a best signing, too. They didn't have to pay him the big contract. They got their other guys, and they tagged him.
1: Okay, nice, nice.
0: So let's flip the script. Worst signings. You mean besides the Tannehill? See, we already talked about that, so I'm not going to list him on here.
1: That's what I'm saying. You're saying yeah, besides the besides Tannehill. Tannehill. I just want to make sure we're on the same page with that, though. I'll go with the Jets signing offensive lineman George Font, three years, thirty million, with thirteen point seven guaranteed. I know they're trying to protect Sam Darnold, but Font had a torn ACL in 2017, and then in 2018 he was an injury replacement for two games at right tackle. And then four games as an injury, or played four games at left tackle in 2019. Why are you throwing this sort of money to a guy that's barely played? He was basically converted from, like, tight end. The Seahawks at one point tried him at tight end. So I don't know why you're throwing this money away, especially 13.7 guaranteed. I don't get it.
0: All right. um, I'm obviously not going to go back to the Tannehill well, but I want to go back to my Dolphins. I just don't understand some of the deals they're doing. Kyle Van Noy, you're paying him $50 billion <laughs> for four years? Keep in mind, the Patriots – How much again? How much again? I think he got four years, $50 million, like $30 million guaranteed or something like that. It was wow, a okay. big deal. And I'm like, why? Why him? The Patriots only got him from Detroit for nothing because he was a bust there. So – I just didn't understand that deal. I didn't understand that we signed Eric flowers either. We gave him a three year, $30 million deal with 20 million fully guaranteed
1: from yeah. the U baby. From he the... had a great year last year. he bounced
0: back. Now, bounce back. Here. He did bounce back at guard, but ugh, I just don't, the, the 20 million guarantee just doesn't sit right with me. I'd rather just spend that elsewhere, but that one could blow up in my face, but I just don't like those moves. And who else? Uh, Oh, yeah, uh, Case Keenum got signed by the Browns, and I think he got something like 10 or $12 million guaranteed or something to be the backup to Baker Mayfield.
1: I mean, listen, that's, that's a great backup move in this day and age with all the injuries. I mean, it's actually I, I, not a terrible move. Uh, I just don't
0: get it. You got your young quarterback. You can get somebody for less, unless you don't believe in him.
1: Listen, the Steelers could have used Case Keenum backing up Ben last year because injuries happen,
0: JT. You got Doug Hodges. You'll be all right. So let's uh, go with – a signing that people aren't really talking about, but it's under the radar that you think is going to turn out to be gold.
1: I like the Devin McCourty uh, Patriots signing two years, 23 million. You keep the NFL's best secondary intact. He had five picks, two forced fumbles, a fumble recovery. If they can figure out some offensive weapons, JT, and in that AFC East, Ooh, it's, it's still up for grabs. It's still the Patriots division, in my opinion. And the McCourty signing, no one's talking about it, but but that helps that helps that defense tremendously.
0: Um yeah, I can get with you on that one. And another one that I'm surprised more people aren't talking about, and I really like the signing. To me, I would have put it as the best, but it's just so quiet. The Browns going out and getting offensive tackle, Jack Conklin. I knew you would like that one. I love that because I wanted the Dolphins to get him. Three years, <laughs> 42 million, 30 million fully guaranteed. Just a few years ago, this guy was considered one of the best offensive linemen rising stars, and he's a premier pass protector, something that's going to help Baker Mayfield bounce back from that slump he had last year. Uh, I'm just surprised that he didn't get a bigger deal. I really like this move by the Browns, and I was shocked they were
1: able to pull it off. All right, so can I throw in a sports confession here, JT? I don't know if you want to. If I was you... I would be bragging about the Tom Brady to the Buccaneers, so I don't know if you want to take a second to brag Uh, about that or not. I mean,
0: I could brag about a couple things we talked about on this show, like the Brady to the Bucks, or you know, Ryan Tannehill (laughs) getting thirty million, or you know, the Nick Foles contract gonna blow up, gonna you know, be a blow up in the Jacksonville Jaguars' face. But I'm not, you know, those things are already known. So what do you got?
1: You know, JT, you, you still did a sports confession right there, and you kind of nah, threw it in the way I, I would have. Nah, you would not threw it I didn't the way anything. I would
0: have. Those aren't confessions, man. Like The, the people well, already know that.
1: My, my confession is I got to remind people from a year ago, you know, fans, JT, sorry for bragging here. Please forgive me. But back last year around this time when we talked about some of the better free agent signings, I threw in Tyron Matthew, and guess what? Super Bowl champ was a huge part of that team all year, especially in the Super Bowl when he rallied the troops on the sideline. So the Don will take credit for that. So, JT, everyone's favorite segment now. Surprise, JT. Why are we still doing this? Because everyone loves it. Relax, just enjoy the ride. So it's just one question. It's pretty easy. Fans can play at home. With Brady leaving, it got me thinking, who is the one legend, it doesn't have to be the best player of all time or the best legend, it's who is the one legend that you can remember that definitely should have retired instead of going to another team? Maybe it was because his time was up, maybe it was because he looked so out of place on a different team in a different jersey. Who is the one guy you always think of that is like, whoa, you should have just stayed with your
0: team and retired? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's easy to go with Mon- – it's not my team, but it's easy to go with Montana. Like, he should have he stayed.
1: But you think he should have stayed when he Young was probably going to get the playing time and he still got to an AFC title game. People forget that with Montana.
0: You know what? You know what, too? Um, well, that's just like when you think about quarterbacks, you're talking about Brady. But, no, no, no. Um,
1: I'm talking about legend. Anybody. All, anybody oh, Emmitt any oh,
0: oh, Smith when he went to the Cardinals okay, all right yeah that <laughs> that, was, that is a little that weird. was terrible uh who else let me <laughs> see who else should have should have just ended it right there
1: um well i I'll let you think if I had to pick one the one that always comes to mind, and I really don't know why because he didn't have great success afterward, but it wasn't like he didn't do anything afterward either it's Patrick Ewing. Like he went he went to Seattle and then I think to my magic for a while but it was like dude you were the Knicks you were New York through and through just leave it at that you know mm. That's who I think of
0: I don't know why but probably cuz he ended up in Orlando and you're like how did you end up here like <laughs> how did how did your life end up so bad that you ended up in Orlando
1: Why couldn't we have you right after Shaq left? We would have gotten back to the NBA Finals.
0: (laughs) Shaq's another one. He had so many teams at the end. You're like, he just looked out of place. Yeah,
1: but but the difference is he had already been with the Magic and Lakers, so it's not just the one team. You know what I mean? Yeah. It would have been like Kobe leaving the Lakers because he never really played for the Hornets. Mm Mm-hmm. I like your Emmett Smith one. That, yeah, that is one was, that.
0: The Emmett Smith situation was just so weird. It was like he was decent at the end in Dallas and then he went to Arizona got hurt and it was just like, wow.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's done. All right. So I, I think Emmett's a good one too. So uh, fans at home, maybe tweet us who your guy is. Uh, you can always feel free to email us at JTandthedawn at com. But JT, that wraps up another episode, a great free agency episode. Great work, as always, and to the fans out there, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it, and please remember to subscribe to us, JT and the Don Podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeart Radio app, and wherever else you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And please remember, if you like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And JT, if you don't like what we do, please leave us a five-star review review and please follow us on social media our handle at jt and the dawn we can be found on instagram twitter and facebook so thank you again for listening and jt until the next episode see ya peace